What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Thursday morning, September 5th, 2019, the Feeding the Book podcast. It is the Megapod. Skill Alexander, brand new season, season number nine, with an all-new cast, by the way. Uh, For those who are looking for Marco and Ace, they have taken their talents to South Beach. So in case you missed uh, the stuff on social media, they're doing their own thing. They have their own company, and they wanted to do the podcast over there and uh, thought it was better for their brand. So that's where you can find them. I wish them all the best. However, I'm very excited to have these two gentlemen on the show this year. You may know them if you're a VEASAN listener. If you do not listen to VEASAN, perhaps you know one of these guys from the Showtime docuseries Action on my left, ladies and gentlemen, the great Todd Wishnev. Hello, Todd, and thank you for doing this. Uh, it's my pleasure, Gil. Obviously, um, you know, this is a nice little thing that came out of the Gil and Todd show on Beeson. <laughs> so, you know, it's always good. The Gil and Todd show, not actually a thing. And on my right, uh, he is the conciliary to Derek Stevens over at Circus Sports. They're running a phenomenal football handicapping contest, which actually has some application to something very timely in the news right now, which we'll get into momentarily. What is your exact title over at Circa, Mike? Well, the exact title is Vice President of Operations. Vice President of Operations over there at Circus Sports. They run the D, Golden Gate, and of course the brand new Circa Casino, which is set to open late 2020 with a brand new uh, spanking new sports book in Circa, a Shangri-La of sportsbooks in December of 2020. Mike Palm, pumped that you can join us. Uh, before we get into anything, guys, this Antonio Brown news is happening right now as we're recording this podcast. Adam Schefter reporting on his Twitter that this has gotten ugly all of a sudden between the Raiders and Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown clearly not the brightest bulb. Antonio Brown posted the fine letter. He got fined, posted that fine letter on social media. That Raiders GM Mike Mayock sent him. It led to an exchange. 
We're not sure how physical it got, uh, but it's now leading to further discipline. Adam Schefter says it's not going away anytime soon. And he goes on to say now, and this is the tweet that really gets everybody. This is his latest tweet. There are those around the league who now believe the Raiders could suspend Antonio Brown with the idea of trying to avoid the $30.125 million of guaranteed money in his contract, which obviously would end his time in Oakland before it even begins. Wow. Oakland and Denver, of course, in a virtual pick of a game. Well, actually, Denver by two and a half now. The one thing I want to relate this to the Circa Contest, Mike, though, real quick off the bat, here's the difference between... Other contests like the Westgate that post their lines on Wednesday afternoon, you don't post them till Thursday. Already a more accurate line, perhaps, from you guys now because of this. Yeah, um, we, we went all the way from, from Raiders 1, going to post Raiders 1, uh, to Broncos 2.5 for the contest. So we, we, you know, we supposed that the difference between Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning might come into play several times during the year. Well, with this bombshell, it already is a big factor in week one. It's amazing that it's happened in week one. All right, gentlemen, you guys ready to do this? The new podcast cast gives us an opportunity to do a new format also on the show. So we're going to do this a little differently. And for those wondering, are we going to have a rotating guest on some weeks? Yes, we absolutely will. We will have that as well. Last thing about the Raiders, John Gruden was just heard saying, Man, we're going to run the wishbone. We lost our best receiver. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> Which got very tiring on uh, Hard Knocks this year. By the way, it was the worst season of Hard Knocks ever. Can we just establish that? It was the worst thing ever. Episode 5 with a whimper. That's how it went out. Uh, let's begin first before we get into your best bets of the week. Thursday night football, Green Bay at Chicago. This line was about four most of the summer. It is Chicago by three in this ballgame. Do either of you have any pre-flop play on this ballgame, either side or total? Mike, start with you. I do. I, I played the first half under 23. Uh, I sat here thinking about this game for the last few weeks, thinking if I was going to take the Bears if it came down to three. But I, I just think I, – I'll tell you one for Gil and Todd. I'm not impressed with the body of, uh, of work of Lafleur. I mean, I still can't get over – that game at home against Baltimore last year where they went one for 10 on third downs. Now you couple that with Rodgers, who has to put in a new system for the first time in 13 years. Um, very little reps for the first-team offense in the preseason. Um, and combine that with the fact that the Bears are one of the worst teams in explosive plays of 20 yards or more. I think you might see a slow start to this game. So I thought I usually try to make a total on every game. I put this total right around 42 and a half, 43. So I think there's some value trying to go under 23 in the first half. I think we might get a couple stale series right off the bat. I like that. By the way, game total 46 and a half, just to clarify, but Mike making a play on the first half under. Uh, Todd, anything for you? And I, when I say it's three points, by the way, it's three with uh, extra juice consensus, about minus 120, minus 125 juice. That's pretty much what it is across the board. Anything for you, Todd? I strongly lean if, if it's minus three, they're basically saying that the Bears and the Packers are even teams and the home field advantage is three at Soldier Field. And I don't see how the Bears and the Packers are equal teams. Just look at last year. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and I know it's scary to lay points against Aaron Rodgers. But um, if anything, I would lean to the Bears minus three. Let us begin with Sunday. By the way, I have no play whatsoever. Thanks for asking, guys. Appreciate it that you cared so deeply. I have no play on this game. I'm going to in-game. I'm going to watch it, 
and uh, perhaps bet while it's going on. As far as the rest of the weekend is concerned, let's do our best bets. We do have the final two questions that we always have coming up at the end of the show. We have our teaser of the week coming up as well. But let's just do best bets. Mike, we start with you. Your single best bet of the weekend, sir. I like the Giants catching a touchdown at at, uh, at Jerry World. I think this is going to be an improved version of the Giants. Um, Ezekiel holdout, I think, may have an effect on the Cowboys. And I'm not sure that, that, that this Cowboys team, although the offensive line should be better this year, is that markedly be- much better in a division game. It's really hard to lay a touchdown in a division game. And I think the Giants here are actually a team that's uh, that, that could 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 stay in this game late and have a chance at an upset. If you look at the history of the series as well, and just take a look at the, the time since it's been Dak versus Eli, the Giants have traditionally played the Cowboys close, even in these opening games, which are usually at Texas Stadium. So I grabbed up the seven here with uh, with the G-Men. Yeah, and you can find some seven and a halves out there as well. Like seven and a hook is pretty rampantly available. Plus seven and a half, minus one tens out there, some minus one fifteens. I'm kind of with you there. As as bearish as I am on the Giants, they might not be that bad. This is one of these NFC East games where in past years, this would be an automatic three on the line. Such a poor opinion folks have of the Giants that you're catching seven or seven and a half. Let's put it this way. I would not rush to lay the points with the Cowboys. Todd, what is your best bet this week? By the way, I would agree with you. How can you lay seven and a half points with the Cowboys? They're not a team anyways that, that wins by margin. They run the ball too much to win by a big margin. But the best bet that I have is the Tennessee Titans plus five and a half. I know there's all the Browns hype. I know the Browns have, you know, basically 22 Hall of Famers starting on offense and defense this year. <laughs> and the coming of Jesus and Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. But I just don't buy it until I see it. Freddie Kitchens is the coach. What do we know about Freddie Kitchens? Nothing. 0.0 do we know about Freddie Kitchens. So I am not buying it. The Tennessee Titans are well coached. They they won some games on the road last year, including a game at Dallas. I can remember they usually keep you in the game. They're a defensive kind of team. They don't, you know, it's not a light them up, you know, crazy four-board type of game. So it could easily be a tight game. I like the Tennessee Titans. I like the Tennessee Plus Titans. Five Plus five and a half. My best bet... And again, we'll uh, we'll keep track of these for the uh, for the duration of the year. That should be fun. I'm sure we won't hear the end of that if it goes bad. Or 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 if it goes good for Todd, we won't hear the end. Of that. <laughs> That's true. Wow. That, would, that would be the other scenario Mike, in which we won't hear the Mike end of it. Mike gets to take shots at me and say that I won't hear the end of it. Meanwhile, he starts winning. He gets his whole like clan, palm readers or whoever else clan that he's got. It'll talk him up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell everybody right now, Todd is in L.A. for this particular episode. Todd's audio will be better from here on out. Just want to point that out, Todd. Is that any, is that any better right now? Yeah, a little better right there, I think. All right, uh, my, my best bet, I'm actually taking the Cincinnati Bengals plus the 9.5 against the Seattle Seahawks. I get it. Seattle's got Jadavian Clowney. Seattle known for fine prowess at home in Seattle. But... I don't get nine and a half here at all with no real 
weapons now that Doug Baldwin has uh, left. No real weapons on the outside that we can really be truly fearful of. Tyler Lockett, good ball player, but I don't know that without Baldwin to sort of take away attention from him, I'm not sure that's the thing. We don't know about DK Metcalf. We don't know what's happening there with his weapons. I don't know that they can score enough points to cover nine and a half that easily. And I actually think Joe Mixon and, and crew do th- some things on offense, even without A.J. Green. Give me the nine and a half points. Sight unseen on these two teams. Like, I get the Eagles being 10-point favorites against the Redskins. That's a lot of points, but I think the Redskins are are really bad at football. I don't know that we know this about the Bengals yet, so I'll take the nine and a half as just a first salvo of the season. And again, these are all sight unseen, obviously. But give me the nine and a half. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Uh, you know, it's I, interesting Mike, because the. I'm sorry, Todd. You know, it's sorry, hard Mike. enough looking at you, being next to you, and looking at you and being able to speak. Now, when we're in different places, it's what more. But um, <laughs> th- th- it's interesting, Gil, because the guy. Was that for me or for Todd? No, that's for Todd. Oh, I okay. mean, it, right. it's also your experience with him as well. Yeah. And in fact, you've already started talking. But um, <laughs> the boys at Circus Sports made this eight and a half on the contest. I thought that was pretty interesting. Obviously, they. They shade the game the way you do, Gil. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So they shade eight and a half. F- interesting how, so your lines on in the contest, now Now in the sports book, is it also eight and a half? Uh, in the sports book right now, the last I looked at was nine, but they may be anticipating it goes to eight and a half. Obviously, these contest lines are also in yes. anticipation of where, where, where the live line is going to end up. Absolutely, because you, they're static, and so you have to have some sort of anticipation on it. By the way, I just... I just want to um, say that I agree with you on that, though, since it was almost my best bet of the week. All right. Well, if it's your second or third, we'll, we'll hear about it, too. I like it. I like the consensus. Mike, number two for you. Yeah, maybe this is a square play, but I I, I bet the Lions. I laid the two and a half. I, I wish I'd have gotten it earlier, but I don't want to wait for it to get to three because it's going to three. Um, I just think that this Cardinals team and, and Cliff Kingsbury way over his head, um, th- this is a great spot for the Lions, I think, going down there. Arizona's defense, as much as we want to talk about Kingsbury and the offense and Kyler Murray, take a look at that defense. That that defense is putrid. I think the Lions will have their best rushing attack that they've had in years, and I look for the Lions to be able to control the ball here and win this game pretty comfortably on the road. So my second best bet is the Detroit Lions laying two and a half. Let me ask you, when you saw Jalen Hurts, and I know it was against Houston, Houston is awful on defense, but when you saw Jalen Hurts put up Tecmo Bowl numbers, in Oklahoma's opener against uh, Houston, was there a little part of you that thought about Kyler Murray and sort of said to yourself, "I know Kyler's fun and he had a great year and he was and he was absolutely tremendous," but did it minimize him at all for you that you can now firmly establish from Baker Mayfield to Kyler Murray to perhaps even Jalen Hurts, who we've never seen do this at Alabama, right? That maybe the Cardinals did not make the right pick with the first pick in the draft. It actually, you you bring up a point that I thought about because I had a strong feeling going into that Sunday night game that that Hertz was not going to be able to adapt to this system just because of the way Saban plays as as compared to to Oklahoma and and not in a hurry up and straight ahead running and drop back and, and boy he just picked up like like where Murray left off and and so it does sort of diminish. What Murray did, if anybody can step into it, especially somebody that spent two years being successful in a totally polar 180 opposite system. Yeah, 
It, it definitely, at, le- at the very least, I think it was valid that the thought comes up. And we'll see if it happens. You're taking Detroit, uh, laying the two and a half. I don't think that's square, by the way. Wait till you hear my next pick. Now, this is this is <laughs> super square coming up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Todd Wishnev, the star, the bona fide star of Showtime's docuseries action. Todd, by the way, for those who don't know, uh, you were the lovable character on uh, Showtime's docuseries Action. You were made to look like the everyman, that you were just this guy in a casino who hangs out every day. By the way, that part's true. But that you really didn't know what you were doing so much. But fair to say that in real life, and I think you display this on VEASAN all the time, that you are not only smarter than you were uh, portrayed as, but you are the smartest guy in the room at all times. Well, if I'm not in the room, with Mike Palm. <laughs> he may not be the smartest, but he's always the most cerebral. Yes. <laughs> That's true. That's very yes. we, we, We're doing a lot of inside jokes, folks, for people who listen to the VEASAN uh, Gil and Todd show. When I'm on Gil's show, um, you know, we have a, a whole uh, football coach who's very physical out there. And, you know, he's not very cerebral, but he's very physical. So, anyways. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. Uh, <laughs> let me just say, I can't. I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to stop saying that all year. Um, yeah, we won't get tired of that or anything. The the difference for for Mr. for miniature Kyler Murray is that on the team that he's going to be on, I don't believe they play with an offensive line. And on the team that he was on last year, Oklahoma, they have an, a huge offensive line. That could be a slight difference. I think that both of you guys are are making the point on. Um, Oklahoma's almost plug and play. When you got those big hosses up in front, I think me or Mike could even throw for 200 yards. You know, it's like ridiculous. Um, but anyways, back you were asking me about the second best bet. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go because you already used since he won. That was, oh, was no, you, like you know, looking at that. No, one. you can I'm, you can totally use ones that other people have used. I want your authentic three best I'm, bets. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on I'm on the fence on these. I'm going to do something crazy here, Uh-oh. and I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzmagic. And you're going to say, what you insane? Are you crazy? And, yeah, I guess I'm crazy. But let, let's remember Ryan Fitzpatrick's usual pattern. He goes to a new team, he plays really well, and then inevitably the three and four interception games start. So what if he has the same pattern in Miami, and Miami's not horrible, I guess, on defense, and maybe they can stay in the game. They've had a whole offseason to watch the Lamar Jackson show on tape. So they could probably, you know, get, get, you know, school them up or coach them up on that whole deal. Baltimore's not exactly a team that wins by a million anyways. And in the NFL, six points is a lot of points. So I'm going to go, I'm going to be crazy here. As long as Josh Rosen's not in the game, I'm going to go with Miami plus the six. You hate Josh Rosen. You hate him. I don't like him. He's thrown too many bad interceptions for good Fellow tribesman on the leaflet, Josh Rosen. You hate him. Plus six and a half, home dog. You do, you will not go broke betting home dogs. I, I do not hate that pick, by the way. I do not hate that, catching six and a half at home for the Dolphins, whose season win total is four and a half. How many times have we seen Fitzmagic play well for a game or two or even three? Oh, happened. well, famously with the Bucks, he had a ridiculous September, right? He was tremendous. Throwing for 400 yards every week, seemingly. So we'll see if that's the case in Miami, who just... They were 4-0 with the Buffalo Bills one year. Remember that? I do not, but I thank you for reminding me. That is correct. He was 4-0 with the Bills. They just traded their starting left tackle, Laramie Tunzel, their number one wideout, and Kenny Stills. So this should be interesting. Let's put it that way. My, my second pick is, uh, if we're using the word square, this is about as square as it gets. 
and this is this is like malpractice because this line has only increased. So we're doing this Thursday morning before the game. Philadelphia is giving ten now to the Washington Redskins. I'm giving it. I'm a, I'm a lifelong Washington Redskins fan. They are not going to be good at football this year. They have a credible defense. The goal for the Redskins defense is to hold the opponent to 17 points and hope that their offense uh, their offense can overcome it. I think the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a major bounce-back season. I just think they're a better football team up and down than the Redskins. I will give the 10 points. I think the Eagles blow out the Redskins in Philly on Sunday. How about them apples right there? I might mention that game as well when we get to the teaser, Gil. Ooh, I like that. Uh, All right. Um, I want to ask you a question, Gil, in reference to Todd's uh, Dolphins play. Please. Do you, do you think that the Dolphins are intentionally tanking? Yes, by uh, people have trouble with the word tanking. So let me define what I mean by that. I think they're absolutely tanking based on what my definition is of the word tanking, which is not a bad word, by the way. So I think they are intentionally doing a Houston Astros-Chicago Cubs thing, right, where they're stripping it down. They are going to go with youth and low cost, and then they're going to try to build it up. So if that's the definition of modern-day tanking in that respect, then I believe they absolutely are. You? I, I don't understand, if they're going to do that, why they don't play Rosen. I agree. If, if, you're trying, if you're trying to build a team for three years from now, then once you want to get this kid the, the work over that stretch, I would think. So that's where it doesn't make sense to me. 100% agree with that, by the way. And you know who else I don't understand why they're not playing the rookie quarterback? Why are the Giants bothering playing Eli Manning at all? What's that? Like, <laughs> what is, what's the point of that? And I think Daniel Jones, for all the, uh, the crap that he got for the Giants drafting him so early, none of that, and I tried to point this out on a numbers game at VEASAN, 7 to 9 Pacific, 10 to noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. Sirius XM Channel 204. Uh, that, that I think the criticism of Daniel Jones is ill-founded because none of us know how good these guys are going to be. And by the way, my buddy E, most successful sports better I know, he loved Daniel Jones senior year. In fact, he said besides Kyler Murray, that's the best quarterback in the league. Or in college, excuse me. We can criticize the Giants for when they drafted him because the, the draft is a game after all. Maybe they didn't play the game correctly. But it wasn't a referendum on Daniel Jones. I don't understand why the Giants don't play him from the beginning. I agree with you there, and I, I go back to when the Cowboys drafted Aikman. I mean, they put him in there and let him take his lumps on a 1-15 in 15 year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, were they going to try to protect him and stay with Steve Pelour or the guys like that, you know? <laughs> I mean, right. you, have to, you have to let him get in there and play and learn the ga- learn the NFL game and the speed that it's at and the complexity of the defenses. Are you talking about Steve Berline? Yeah, <laughs> Steve Walsh was also on that roster then, wasn't he? There, there were many Steves that were backup quarterbacks. I thought he was talking about Steve Berline. <laughs> anyways, that was a great. I tried record. to get the Notre Dame guys in. Do you know who the Cowboys beat that year? The Redskins. Yes, the Washington Redskins on a Sunday night. <laughs> Doug Williams. By the way, talking about the young quarterback, if I could bet at circa a future, who will have the better career? We could come up with some metric on careers, but I will take Daniel Jones. Minus 135 over Josh Rosen all day long. <laughs> you're, you're such an anti-Semite, Todd. What is going on with you? It, with court, ever since Mike Vercovici did it to me in the Yom Kippur Massacre, it's been bad. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell that you story. Didn't, you didn't even know he was Jewish then. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that, just shows, that just shows you how, how, how powerful it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to tell the uh, Yom Kippur Massacre story on a subsequent podcast. You can also get it on, on my pinned tweet at my Twitter. On my first uh, appearance on Gil, I told funny gambling stories, including 
Skipper Massacre, which people seem to love. Is it Mike's turn again? Last best bet, Mike. Wow, I got to have three best bets. That's unbelievable. I'm a little more just. Dis- you don't have to if you don't. If, if two is where you want to end it, we can do two. We're just you know no. just want to make it a nice I number. Do, I don't know where this line is going to end up, but it seems seemingly keep keep going down. It keeps going down. Um, I, I know Michael Lombardi talked about the humidity and. And I know there's concerns about the surrounding circumstances with the hurricane, but boy, I think I think the Chiefs are just a lot better side here and are going to still put up put up points when they go down to Jacksonville. So this number creeps down closer to three. Uh, I think this game is worth a play if it gets to three um, with the Chiefs on the road there. I see some threes out there in uh, some offshore bookmaker five dimes three with extra juice. Um, so it is available to some on Kansas City, but it is down there. I, you know this this Jaguar team was so injured and banged up and didn't really get to play get to play together. And Marone said, "I'm not playing anybody in the preseason because everybody's hurt." So they've had no reps together, um, and and I I just think the Chiefs are the spot here. I know I didn't I didn't really like to lay five five and a half, but as this number has come down, I, I'll lay three when I can get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I really don't. Todd, number three. Am I allowed to do a total, or does it have to be? Yeah, yeah, no, you can do a total. Do whatever you want, man. I think that the New England Patriots (laughs) versus the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) is a great under. Um, If you remember, they played uh, under 50. The the New England Patriots really turned into a different kind of team late in the season last year. Kind of became ground and pound and play good defense. I think people are sleeping on the fact that the Patriots' defense is a lot better from the end of last season. Now, I could be totally wrong on this, and the Patriots could do their usual first four games where they go 2-2 two and two and lose by 30 to some ridiculous club from Detroit. That could happen, as it's happened in many Super Bowl years for the Patriots. But with that being said, I kind of like the under here. I think the Steelers are going to run the ball. I think the Patriots' defense is a lot better. I think the Steelers' defense is going to be better with Bush from uh, with Bush from Michigan. Uh, I think under fifty is probably not a bad play. You know, I used to uh, work with uh, twin brothers at a startup in San Francisco, and every once in a while, they would come into work and purposely mispronounce words and act like they had pronounced it that way the whole time. Patriots was one of those words that they once came in and mispronounced one day. I was like, well, why are you guys saying Patriots? They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, reggae was another one that leaps to mind. The music genre, reggae. Reggae. Uh, I will do it. I will have a correlated play to yours as my number three, by the way, Mr. Wishnev. I am taking the Steelers plus the points. You like the under? I'll take the Steelers plus the points in that. Six points is a lot. And I, by the way, I have bet Big Ben to win the MVP this year at 23 to 1. I think with the absence of the now fully exposed head case that is Antonio Brown, uh, with the absence of Le'Veon Bell, I think Ben is on a mission. I still think he has great weapons in James Conner and Juju, and I think James Washington's going to be a great weapon this year uh, in his first real season playing meaningful minutes with the Steelers. Give me the six points all day long. I will take six Sunday night. I think this game is close, and that six is a gift. So Steelers plus six, that would be uh, my third best bet. So someone out there will keep track of this. We will keep track of it as well. People in the Twitterverse will absolutely do so, and we'll, uh, we'll monitor these. Support for today's Beating the Book podcast comes, as always, from our friends at Bookmaker.eu. Bookmaker.eu is an industry leader for close to 30 years. You should know that by now. Pro players consider them a must 
because they're first to post odds, they take the highest limits, and most importantly, pride themselves on never having kicked out a winning player. That is huge in this day and age. Bookmakers, a high-volume sportsbook, best suited for not only the sophisticated player who understands sports betting, but also to large recreational players as well. And their motto is where the lines originate because chances are the sportsbook at which you've been betting all along follows their lines. And right now, if you visit bookmaker.eu slash gill, that's bookmaker.eu slash G-I-L-L, you can claim an exclusive 100% welcome bonus of up to $300. Once again, that's bookmaker.eu slash gill, G-I-L-L, to join and claim your welcome bonus of up to $300 right now. Don't miss out. Before we get to our favorite teasers of the week and the final two questions, Mike, Circa Sports Million update for those who still have uh, 48 hours to sign up. What's the story? Yeah, so we, we, we crossed over the uh, magical threshold of 1500 to eliminate the overlay, and now everything gets plowed back into the quarterly winners. For those not familiar, there's really five contests, four mini contests within a contest. Uh, the best record each month, which is the four weeks in September, four weeks in October, four weeks November, and the five weeks in uh, December, was guaranteed 50000 Well, now all these additional entries beyond 1500 go back into their... As of 10 a.m. this morning, we were at 1,554. I think we'll cross 1,600 today, and I'm very sure that we're going to get to 1,700. I've sort of said that as a magical number because if you get 200 above the minimum, that adds an extra 200,000 to the quarters and split. Now the quarters suddenly become 100,000 minimum instead of uh, uh, 50,000. So I'm, I'm pretty confident. I think tomorrow will be a big day. So you come down to the D or the Golden Gate here downtown on Fremont Street to the Circus Sportsbook. It's a quick process, 15, 20 minutes. Get you registered for the contest, signed up for the app, and you can load it up for live wagering as well. We can make our picks weekly via the app, which is just such a huge thing now. Paulie Howard, as soon as the lines came out at 10 a.m., he's sitting here at Long Bar. He just put his five picks in. Boom, 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 boom. He's in. Nice. Paulie Howard, part of the Mitch and Paulie Follow the Money Show at VEASAN as well. Todd, you were saying something? Yeah, the, I, the reason I did the circuit this year was because of the quarterly contest. I think it's the most, uh, I think it's the best innovation in the contest is the quarterlies. And if you get 100000 for each quarterly, I mean, that's fantastic. Now, Mike, I'm going to assume if two guys go 17 and 3, they each get 50 out of the 100. Is that it? Ties just break up, you know, split evenly, I guess? Yeah, what if eight guys go 18 and 2, then we're going to split 100,000 eight ways, 12, 5 each, exactly. For the million itself, for the top prize for the contest, though, there's like, 48 tiebreakers we want one person to win the contest and win the whole million <laughs> what's the 40 what's the 48th tiebreaker by the way uh how close you came to your actual jacket size <laughs> that's a great one wow i hope somebody wins on that <laughs> that'd be great it's hard it's hard for a guy like todd who's losing so rapidly yeah i'm gonna lose on that one todd wishnev losing <laughs> losing ridiculous amounts of pounds and as he will tell you more importantly his blood sugar level dipping uh, you are yes. you are now south of three hundred pounds, Todd. Is that right? I'm at about two ninety three. Uh, as a point of reference, I was three thirty three in the Action Showtime series when you saw my large belly hanging over my shorts. One other quick point to mention, please, is you called me anti-Semitic when you said uh, uh, I talking about quarterbacks, but it's obviously not true. Certainly, when you talk about receivers, because you talked about my favorite Jew. Double Jew, Jew Smith Schuster right. as a wide receiver. I freaking love him. So I may, I may be anti-Semitic towards quarterbacks, but I love uh, Jewish wide receivers. Yes, for those who don't know, Todd, by the way, was once an Orthodox Jew. 
Uh, so we are. Uh, I want people to understand that we're not ma- making f- making serious fun of this. And now you are a renounced Jew. That's what you call yourself, correct? Yes. We don't have enough time to go into that no, right that's now. A whole but, different uh, show. You know. Whole different show. We supposed, Gil. We tried to suppose what record would it take? Yes. To to win the first, like to win September, come up with a number. I said, I said, eighteen one and one would win it. Man. Well, I eighteen and if eighteen and three. If eighteen and one, if eighteen and two wins, and I was right, eighteen, eighteen, one and one would have won it. But I think it's going to be right around eighteen or seventeen is probably going to be the the magic numbers to get there. And starting like the uh, the after two weeks in each month, we'll we'll start talking about who who's within range. You know, who's in the top top thirty that month or top fifty that's within a game or two, and it gets pretty interesting. You know, there's actually like four races to to the winner circle in this contest. And that's, that's also interesting because you're going to have to play a game theory on the quarterlies while you're still in the main contest. So it, it brings a lot of interesting strategy oh, to it. I Gil was actually talking about game strategy today. Yes, it was. On the Gil Alexander show, also called a numbers <laughs> game on VEASAN Channel 204, sometimes also called the Gil and Todd show. No. But that show, he was talking about the game theory at the end of the contest where people who are behind by a game or two have to try to figure out who the people in front of them are going to take so they take the other side and they have a chance to pick up a game because if they both end up on the same side they can't end up picking up any games and if you're this this contest with the quarterlies let's say you're let's say you're uh, 15 and 1 going into a quarterly a great point. you might have to do some game theory even though it's only week four or week eight or week twelve, for for example, it's a great point. I had not, I had actually not thought of that. That's that will be a little, interesting. Yeah, it's a little bit like if you have a full game bet and you have a halftime as well, and you're trying to use in-game strategy uh, on your halftime and your and your full game or first five and full game in baseball. I've had to do this, and it, it's interesting where you don't want to put yourself in a pickle. Mike Palm was talking about what it would take to win the quarterlies. Now, obviously. On a short sample size, you're going to need 17, 18 wins to win the quarter. But to win the whole thing, I think you're going to need somewhere in the neighborhood of 71, 72%. And I'm saying that based on what's happened in the past in the Superbook. As they've had more and more contestants, you've needed a higher and higher percentage. But since you guys are going to be at about 1,700 this year, I'm thinking 70 to 72% might win the whole thing. Mike, what do you think about that? I put that – That's. Somebody asked me, and I said, I think if you can get to 71%, you've got a real good shot to, to win it or at least be in the top five. I think 70% is, is the threshold right now. I always like to say, if you're not even at 60%, you shouldn't even be discussing where you are in the standings. You know, there's a year every few years where it's just a tough year and somebody wins at 65%. So the, uh, the Starbucks barista won the Super Contest a few years ago, dipping back to old-school level percentage wins of 65%. How many entrants were in that year? Uh, there was a lot. I mean, it was, it was only a few years ago. It wasn't like it wasn't an old school year. There was a lot of entries. There was well over a thousand. Mm. Damon Graham, by the way, who's been on this podcast. So I think I think seventy uh, percent is probably the threshold. What's the all time record? The all time record is what James Salinas or CH Ballers uh, for the old Super Contest one. They had the record. So uh, we'll see. I think seventy percent is absolutely what you have to look for. Um, but I hadn't thought of that quarterly thing where you you almost have to make the what, what you're saying, Todd, is you have to make the calculus 
if you're in it going into the final week of the quarter contest, you almost have to make the decision, do I go for the 100000 here at the risk of fucking up the big one? Exactly. And what made me think of this is that because you talked about this on your show today, when you had crack on, I believe you were talking about yeah. the, the contest at the end of the contest where you have to have this game theory, just so that people understand exactly what we're talking about. If you if you and me are in first and second place and you're behind me by two games and I pick five and you end up on the same teams as me, forget it. You lost because there's no way you can make up ground. Right. Whereas if you pick five completely opposite teams of me, you could theoretically go five and I could go two and thirty and you could win because you pick up three games. That's so right. that kind of thing is gonna in, in play, even in a quarterly situation, and, and then you brought up make, make the great point. You have to decide: Do I go for the hundred k, or do I worry more about my season long deal? Yeah, you, you know what's interesting too. What's interesting too, Gil and Todd, is that in our contest, obviously we're only paying ten because we didn't know people are critical of that. Well, they only paid ten. Well, we didn't know if we were going to have three hundred entries. It was our first year, but think of this: second place for the overall contest is a hundred thousand. You know, it goes from a million to a hundred right. down to whatever sixty fifth. But so each quarter, if we get to seventeen hundred, is actually going to be the same as second place. So, so that 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 quarterly theory is pretty strong now. I am so worried <laughs> that I know my jacket size right now. You have no idea. It's got to get that down. Also, Todd, Todd, did you notice the way that Gil subtly? hinted back to something you mentioned earlier by intentionally mispronouncing barista. Uh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> Did I? Is, is it not pronounced barista? A barista. A barista. barista. So, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't get too mad at Gil. I mean, you did pronounce Steve Pallor, Steve Berline, or Officer. <laughs> That's true. You did, you, dis, you did mispronounce Steve Berline. That's correct. That bar, bar, barista may be an alternate pronunciation, though. I might be critical here. No, nah, so. <laughs> I, I, I think I might be okay. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's wrap this up here. Teaser of the week. Mike, you got dibs. What do you got? I'm going to go to two of your best bets. I'll tease the Eagles down, and I'm going to tease the uh, I'm going to tease the Steelers up. Yeah, we don't quite get the Eagles through the three at this point. We do get them through the yeah. seven. But I'm, uh, if I may, jump my turn here, Todd. That's actually mine as well. Pittsburgh up to twelve uh, through the seven and the ten, and the uh, Eagles down. I love that one. Todd, I'm sorry. I like the San Diego Chargers, even though they are no longer in San Diego. Handicapped at the coach. I like the San Diego Chargers <laughs> to tease down to, I believe, around one or a half, right? Because we're doing six-point teasers, right? Correct. Okay. Chargers and then the Saints. The New Orleans Saints last seen suing the National Football League for a penalty in New Orleans court. I will take them down to plus a half against the maybe most annoying coach in the history of the National Football League, Bill O'Brien. All right, and you are, it should be pointed out, you are doing the teasers uh, proper, the old Stanford Wong teasers. Again, the most profitable teasers in the National Football League, uh, taking a home favorite down through the 7-3, and three, which is Todd just did with both the Chargers and the Saints, or taking small favorites either on the home or road side and teasing them up to go through the 3-7 and seven the other way. Those are the most profitable teaser legs teasing a team that is a seven point say road favorite down is not 
a positive EV situation. Not that we had any of those just now, but just to let people know moving forward with the teaser segment. And by the way, if you don't believe me, Todd and I, you, t- you and I talked about this on the show the other day. The South Point Hotel Casino had 21 different permutations of teasers. They did a little inventory on this before last football season. They had 21 different permutations, six-point teasers, six-and-a-half, seven-point, anywhere between two to eight teams. They found that they were getting beat on 15 of them. And so what did they do? They raised the juice on all of those because what they wanted to do was make your break-even strike that much higher. Your break-even percentage went up incrementally, and so that tipped the scales back in their favor. So again, you don't have to believe what we're saying. The books are basically admitting that to you by making those kinds of price adjustments. Final two questions, gentlemen. This is how we close out each and every podcast. This is the one sort of carryover from all of it. Which is the big favorite on the board defined by, I sort of fudge it, usually it's a touchdown or more, but sometimes I dip it down to six-boy favorites or more. Which is the big favorite on the board that you believe is the most likely to lose outright? Here are your choices from week one. The Eagles, as we've talked about, 10-point favorites over the Redskins. Uh, I'll throw in the, uh, the uh, should I throw in Cleveland? Sure, Cleveland, six-point favorites or five-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Tennessee Titans. Baltimore, six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Miami. Seattle, ten-point favorites at home against Cincinnati. Chargers, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Colts. And then Dallas, seven-point favorites at home against the Giants. And we mentioned New Orleans, seven-point favorites at home, the first of two Monday night games, hosting the Texans. Mike, which is the one most likely to lose outright? Well, it's the same as my my first best bet is uh, the Cowboys. I think the Giants are a live dog here and have a shot to win this game. Todd, same question. I have the same answer. It's the same as my best bet. The Titans plus the five and a half against Freddie Kitchens and Jesus at quarterback. That's Baker Mayfield. I'm going to take the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, believe it or not. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. Like a division game, you never quite know what could happen there. Dallas just getting Zeke back, of course, this week. Uh, That is one of five afternoon games. That's the one thing the NFL got right in week one, because I don't think uh, CBS has the U.S. Open package anymore, tennis, which obviously has the men's final this Sunday. So five afternoon games. I would say Dallas the most likely to lose outright. Well, none of us are predicting, by the way, that these teams will lose outright, but if we had to choose one, uh, those are the teams we're going with. And then the final question, full slate of games, 16 games in the NFL week one. Which is the game on the side that if you had to pick one, Mike, if you were forced to bet 15 of them on the side, but you got one free pass, one game that you want no part of whatsoever, which game would it be? Uh, I, I don't. I didn't want to play this Jets-Bills game. I think these teams are awful close, and the line is probably right at three. A lot of people are really bullish on the Jets. I'd like to, I'd like to see these two teams play because I, I think the, the, the thought is they're very similar in how successful they're going to be this year. So you get three points being at the Jets. I think the line is right on. I would not bet that game. Yeah, I, I, don't, I would stay away from that, too. I don't know if it's my first choice, though. Todd, what's, your, what's the one you want no part of? The one I want no part of is the Rams-Carolina. What Cam Newton is going to show up? Yeah. A healthy Cam Newton or a totally unhealthy Cam Newton who throws the ball 500 feet over guys' heads, does stupid things, all kinds of nonsense, and you want to kill yourself if you back them. So I have no idea what Carolina team I'm getting this week, so I want no part of it. Uh, for me, it's a toss-up between Mike's Buffalo Jets pick, because I really don't want any part of that. And Denver-Oakland, actually, the second of the two Monday night games, I don't really have a feel for that. And if you look at Oakland's schedule, man, they better win this game, because if they don't win this, good Lord, I don't know when they're winning. Their schedule is brutal. 
But I would actually say gun to head Buffalo Jets. That's the one that I would want the least part of. That would be my answer as well. Gil, can we get our, since the season is starting tonight, can the three of us make our conference champion and Super Bowl predictions now? I just think that would be it. Great that idea. That would be interesting. All right, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's hear from Todd Wishnuff. Wow, I'm, I'm put on the spot. I didn't even know I needed to come up with one. But I guess I'm going to do something boring, and I'm going to go with Uncle Billy. To win the AFC, he seems to win it every year. How can you not take Uncle Billy Belichick to win the uh, AFC in the National Football Conference? I think I would have to go, and this is just totally on the spot, I'm going to go with your New Orleans Saints. Wow. Mike, you want me to go next? Sure. Patriots-Eagles. In fact, I bet it. At 25 to 1, there's some uh, markets that have exactas, some books that have the market for exactas, which Chrissy Andrews, by the way, innovated many, many years ago. And, I, and let me just say this in advance. There are 256 different combinations of teams that get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you can throw out some crappy teams, so it's not quite that difficult, not quite that much of a crapshoot. You'll get almost as good odds on this right before the postseason. So there are only 36 combinations at that point. So this 25 to 1 that I have on the Eagles and the uh, Patriots, you probably won't be worse than 15 to 1 then. So not the greatest bet in the world to make now, but I made it nonetheless. But those are my two picks. I went, uh, in terms of confidence, I'll tell the one that I have more confidence in. I really love the Eagles and the NFC. I think it's a, a regression year. Um, for the Rams and not knowing Gurley's health. And then uh, a tough choice for me between Chiefs and Steelers in the AFC, but I went with the Chiefs. So Chiefs and Eagles in the Super Bowl. Chiefs and Eagles. Uh, should we do one wacky division pick that uh, is off the radar? Can we do that? Uh, let's do that before we close, because I have the Niners at plus 395. <laughs> Niners plus 395 to win the NFC West. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. I think they got a great young team that flies around. I think Jimmy G's going to get it back together. And I think the Rams, while good, will not be nearly as good as they were last year for any number of reasons, including the fact that Bill Belichick gave them a uh, blueprint in the Super Bowl, the fact that we don't really know what Todd Gurley's doing. They had a great record and won score games last year. There's a whole bunch of reasons. But Niners plus 395 to win the West. Anything from you, Mike? Yeah, but that's what I was going to give out. I bet I bet the Niners, uh, I didn't bet them to win the West, but that would be my prediction of, of – uh, of a team under the radar. I bet them over win total and to make the playoffs. And then the other one is I think that the Falcons are very live in the, in the NFC South. I think their schedule is very favorable for them and that they don't have to play in any cold weather. So I, I'd look at Niners and Falcons as upset division winners. Ooh, Niners and Falcons. Uh, Todd. My, uh, you know, pull it out of your ass pick, so to speak, Yes, would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in that typical NFL pattern of big step up one year, and we know they almost beat the Patriots to go to Super Bowl two years ago mm -hmm. after whooping the Steelers in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. So they were almost a Super Bowl team two years ago. Then the shit hit the proverbial fan last year. And now if they can get it together with, with Mr. Nick Foles at the quarterback position, maybe they could have another big step forward because that defense was tremendous two years ago. And, you know, if they could get that back together and get some stability instead of Bortles at the quarterback position, why can't they win that division? Andrew Luck's not there, and you got Bill O'Brien. So why can't they win? I, I, I mean, I can think of reasons. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I was going to say I can think of reasons, but, you know, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm wanna, not saying it's going to happen. Yeah. 
I'm just saying, you're saying you want a pick that's like off the radar. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. We'll, we'll, we'll mark them all down. We'll see how ridiculous we are by the end of the season. I appreciate it. Mike Palm, conciliary to Derek Stevens, the vice president of operations at Circus Sports. Thank you, sir, for being on. And uh, Todd Wishnev, multimedia star. Uh, you may know him from uh, Showtime's docuseries Action as the lovable guy at the South Point Sportsbook. Thank you both. I appreciate it very much. Gil Alexander, thank you so much for listening. Good luck with all your bets. Week one in the NFL. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.